Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Okay, now notice this. Jonah tells them in verse 12, of chapter 1, that the solution is to throw me out. But verse 13, those people did exactly what we do when God has made it crystal to you and I that we need to let this thing go. They tried to salvage the ship. They rode harder. Some of us hit the gym. Try the Atkins diet. The paleo diet. The Greek diet. And every other kind of diet. And wonder why we haven't died yet. But try harder. Try to do this. Try to do that. But it got worse. Now think about this for a moment. I think one of the reasons why it's difficult to let go or get rid of somebody is because sometimes we may have people in our lives that are like Jonah. You see, he is a prophet. See, the guys in the boat should be honored that a person like Jonah is in their boat. Okay, these are unbelievers here. This guy is a man of God. How can I throw out a man of God? This person hears from God. This person is a supposedly mature Christian. I wonder how many of us have been in relationships with people that are like, they are mature in the Lord. They are revered. And I'm supposed to reject this person. I'm supposed to let this person go. It doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm the problem. But God is like, no. Especially when the person is telling you they are the problem. They may tell you this way. Hey, you know what? I know that I did that. I know that, you know, I'm the reason why this is happening. And I understand if you want to break up with me and stuff like that. They are telling you what to do. But no, we don't want to push them away. The dog is telling you, let them go. That cat that doesn't even pay attention to you is telling you, let them go. Your neighbor, who's not even spiritual, is telling you, let them go. But we try to hold them. And things get worse. Things get worse. And often, every time I get the opportunity, I am for spirituality in the true sense of spirituality. I believe spirituality is Galatians 5, 22 and 23, is fruit. Anyone who's spiritual is led by the Spirit of God. So you manifest love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. But people get caught up in spirituality gifts. True spirituality is fruit. But we get caught up in gifts. I believe it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, that Paul says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But what a lot of us do in relationships is we pursue spiritual gifts, someone who's spiritually gifted, and desire love. The emphasis is chase love, chase character, chase self-control, chase kindness, goodness, 
But no, we chase Ho. Oh, you know, Greek and Hebrew. We chase Oh, she's a leader in the church. Oh, she knows how to pray. And we get ourselves in trouble. So here's Jonah. They tried hard. And put us, let's get back into Jonah's shoes now. He knows he's the problem, but he doesn't jump out the ship. You know, he doesn't jump out of the ship. But what are his options, though? Stay in the sinking ship or die in the ocean? You know, some of us feel that way in relationships. I don't like this relationship. I hate this relationship. I detest this relationship. But... It's better for me to be in this relationship than not be in any at all. There is this concept called the fear of the unknown. I'd rather be in this mess that I know of than not be in the bliss that I don't know of. There is this Nigerian proverb. I say Nigerian proverb because I first heard it from actually a Nigerian soccer coach. He said, they were criticizing him about the players he was selecting to play for the country. And this is what he said. I would rather deal with the devil I know than the angel I don't know. That's the mindset a lot of people have about relationships. I have two options. I hate this relationship. I am depressed in it. I don't like it. But at least I'm in a relationship. I'd rather be in this mess than be in an ocean of uncertainty. But God is saying, that's not going to happen. I've invested too much in you. I've put too much in you. You're better than that. You're better than that. I'm not going to let that happen. If you're not going to live this ship, despite the number of times, the number of ways I've told you to live this ship, then I'll get this ship to live you. Because there's a third option. The fish. Now we're like, excuse me, that just went from bad to worse? But God knows best. God knows best. So here it is. They tried to work it out. They tried to salvage the ship and things got worse and eventually they tossed him out of the ship. I believe that's in Jonah 1.15. Then they said there was a calm. There goes the peace again. There was peace. There was calm. These guys were freaked out. They became believers. The Bible says they worshipped him and offered him sacrifices. So even in our mess, God still uses us. And I think sometimes, perhaps, that might be why we make poor decisions sometimes. Well, God used me. They got saved. They joined the worship team. They're going to church more. So this must be okay. God's like, no! It's not okay, because I didn't want you to be there in the first place. 
So Jonah ends up in the fish, prepared by God. So God already had a plan way ahead of time, okay? Because God is always steps ahead. Notice this is a redirection here, okay? So he ends up in the fish. And I want to encourage you guys, if you feel like you're in a place of despair, like you're in the belly of the beast, just do what Jonah did. He cried out to God from inside the fish. It doesn't matter how bad it looks, how bad it feels, how you feel there's darkness encircled around you. Cry out to God. Don't just cry. Cry out to God from inside your fish or inside your situation and God will hear you. And I believe it's in Jonah chapter 2 where Jonah is worshiping God and praying to God from inside the fish. Think about that for a moment. To have the sanity to cry out to God from inside the abyss. It's like he cried out to God from inside the fish. And God spoke to the fish. And the fish vomited Jonah. I believe it's in Jonah 2.17. The fish vomited Jonah. God spoke to the fish and the fish rejected Jonah. <laughs> when we eat food, right, and it doesn't sit well in your stomach, what happens? You vomit. Why? Because your body rejects the food. So when, when Jonah is in the fish, God speaks to the fish to uh, reject him. Back in line. It was, God was just redirecting Jonah. So God used it to redirect him and God a second time. How many of you know that God is a God of second chances? Amen. And more. The Bible says a second time. In Jonah chapter 4. Or is it 3? One of them. To go to Nineveh and Jonah began to go. Now check this out. Check this out. It says that the journey to Nineveh is three days and three nights, something like that. Okay? I like the way the NIV phrases it. It says, it takes three days to go through it. Okay? Meaning, three days to go through Nineveh. Okay? Check this out. How many days was Jonah in the fish? Three days. Okay. So, the time that Jonah should have been spending doing what God told him to do, he was spending in the fish. So let's exclude the time it took for him to get into the boat, the time it took for him to begin to go a different direction, the time it took for the rocking of the boat and getting tossed. Let's just ignore that for the moment and just focus on the fact that he ended up inside the fish. That means what God planned for him took twice as long. There are single people, as I speak right now, mad at God. They are upset. They are irate. Notice, Jonah is not an unbeliever. Okay? Jonah is mature. I mean, he's a prophet. He hears from God. He's not like a lot of us, if not most of us, are like, ah, is it God? Is it me? No, he hears from God. Okay? 
Here's someone considered, this is solid. Jesus mentions him in the New Testament. How many of you know when Jesus calls your name? You're something. This guy, for three days, he's in the, he, he's, he, he's in the fish. A lot of single Christians, both maturing and mature, are upset. My God. Why is it taking so long? Why haven't I found him or her? Why is it not working? Why am I not married yet? I've been serving you. I've been living for you. And this is taking long. And God is saying to some of them, I know it's not for everybody. This shoe only fits to those to whom God is speaking to. I know it's not for everybody, but for some people, God is saying, because you're not going through the process I have for you. Because, you see, it was going to take three days regardless of what Jonah did. Okay? Three days to go to Nineveh. So whatever he did here, whatever amount of time he did his own thing, you're going to add that time to the three days. So imagine that God has said for every single person, it's going to take you five years to prepare you and get you married. I need you to go through this process. But Joe Blow or Sister Susie decides to do something else. And that takes them out of the will of God two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever the case may be. Add that to the five years because that five years is not going to change. That period of time, God says, I need to do stuff for you. I need to to, to allow you to go through this process in five years, that's not going to change. That's, that's fixed. It's a constant. But you went astray for two, three years. So now you're back. I said, great. It took three years for that to happen. Now you got five years to go. <laughs> I know some of you are hoping, it's just five days, please, five days. I don't know. But here it is. So, but he doesn't tell you the time period. You don't know how long it's going to take. So here you are, one year, two years, third year, some guy shows up. <laughs> or some lady shows up, and it takes you off course. You were halfway. Takes you off course another two, three years. Ha! Ah, you come. <laughs> You come back. You come back. I know that grace is involved. I know that favor is involved. And I know I'm thinking logically. So I like to think and hope that God is not going to be like, hey, you already gone three years, so we're gonna, you're going to finish the two. But who knows? But the bottom line is there's still time that God needs to do what he needs to do in you. So for some single people, the reason why they are still single and not married yet is because they haven't gone through the process completely. They keep letting something, someone, some situation get them off course in the wrong direction. And God it keeps redirecting and redirecting. And it doesn't matter how many times God redirects, they still have to go through the process. So ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please go through the process. Now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't know what I was doing when I said, God, don't let it even start. Because 
That means zero. I got zero. And it still took me from the time I said, God, I'm yours. 1995. It still took me 18 years. 18 years. Well, thank God, that's my time. It's not the same for other people. I know some of you are like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, I can't wait 18 years. 18 years. And going by what Dana has told me, hers was 10. 10 years. Straight. She was like, I'm done. 10 years straight. She let God do what he wanted to do. I was cooking for 18 years. <laughs> so I'm like, that's why I, I didn't even know, you know, when, when you just surrender, like, God, you know, I'm not playing around. I don't have time to do because it's taken away from the time I should be processed by God. So I want to encourage you guys tonight. Be encouraged. God is using redirection to redirect you to his best for your life. Well, allow him to finish the work. Let's stop jumping ship. Let's stop going off course. Man, we ain't got time. Jesus is coming back. And I know some of y'all are like, yo, man, I want to. Hey, I got to do what I got to do before you come back, Jesus. <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. Oh, Jesus, please wait a little bit. Because <laughs> I heard there's no marriage in heaven, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said in himself, nobody gets married in heaven. No, I don't want that. Please let me get married first. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.